you are listening to episode 11, which I can hardly believe. But thank you so much for coming back. My name is Dieter Randolph. And I'm Jenny Randolph. And as we gather around today, th- there's there's just been a lot of things going on, as always. I, I don't even know where to start. I think that, that part of it for me is this has been a very car-themed time. The St. Pete Grand Prix is going on here in St. Petersburg, Florida, the finest city on the face of the earth. But I have no opinion about that, except that I can hear the cars from our house, which is pretty far away. It's just very noisy. Yeah, that's it. I I don't really get how it works. But last Sunday, the Youth of Unity, the teen group at First Unity, the, the church that we go to, They've had a car wash to support them going to their rallies and their events. And uh, our 18-year-old son, Miles, who has graduated from the team group but still helps out now and again, they asked Miles and I if we would help drive the cars around and park them and all that kind of stuff. Miles' idea was that he and I would dress up like valets, and that meant vests and special hats and bow ties. And so uh, we did that. I think there's a picture floating around on Facebook somewhere. Yeah, if you come find, yeah, find us on Facebook. It's, it's, I'm tagged in the picture. So if you find Dieter Randolph, there's not a lot of Dieter Randolphs on Facebook for some reason. But there's a picture of Miles and I in our little valet outfits. What was really funny to me is we got a kick out of doing it. And I think if you're going to do something, show up, go all the way with it. It was great. And we had a lot of fun. We got to drive all kinds of different cars. It's been a long time since I've driven a manual transmission vehicle it took me back but um it was a lot of fun to do that and it also got a kick out of the fact that there were a great many people that didn't make the connection and they just thought I looked especially dapper that day (laughs) I was proud that I was able to tie a bow tie and it only took me about mm, seven hours to figure out how to tie the tie but uh you know it was it was a lot of fun to just to have that whole experience and to just dress up and go all the way with something isn't it interesting when you get in somebody's car it's like you're entering in, you know, sort of their sacred sanctuary That's space. The bubble, right? Yeah. It, you know, that you're in their bubble. And it, you can tell a lot about a people. Some people's bubbles are nasty. <laughs> there was, yeah. And, you know, listen, if you were to go out and look inside the Jeep that I drive, it is a mess. One of the reasons that I like driving a Jeep is that you don't have to clean it. It's a Jeep. That's the point of it. And as some of you know, and we may have talked about this when we were around Christmas time, I can't remember, but um, one of the things that we do is we take the top off of the Jeep and we get a giant Christmas tree and we strap it to the roll cage of the Jeep. And I always go out of my way to drive the long way home and everything because it's just so fun and silly to be in Florida in a t-shirt driving a giant Christmas tree around. But anyway, in the Jeep, there's pine needles from not one, but two years ago just the cup holders if you put a cup down and you pick it up the condensation makes the needles stick to the uh, cup and it's extra vitamin c i'm sure it's it's good for you but no some people's bubbles are very gross and it's an extension of the fact that we live in a culture where people get in their own worlds you see the guy next to you at the stoplight and he's singing along and he does not care i have to tell you that there have been times when i have been singing along with something and i become aware of somebody else and i pretend as though this was part of a hands-free phone conversation i've had or something like that oh no see i amp it if somebody catches me no i, I, like your I style. yeah i, I, like I amp style. it i'm like if, I, if i'm just if i'm just low-key it's like oh no it gets turned up yeah. 
it gets, you know, it gets, uh, it gets exciting. Well, because when I'm alone <laughs> in the car and I start busting some sweet rhymes, it sometimes it's hard to hide. <laughs> I think if people thought I was talking, they think I was having a really profound argument with somebody. Some sort of mental disorder or something. About how fresh I am. But That's funny. Well, it's very interesting that you bring up how much you need to clean out the Jeep because that I am keeping to my Lent obligation that we talked about last week. Uh-huh. And I am doing a spring cleaning and I am just putting stuff in bags. I got rid of, I think, 11 pairs of shoes. And that's unheard of for me. I mean, no, really. No. <laughs> now you're down to 4,000. Right. It's just like, you know, Imelda Marcos has nothing on me. It's it's like, so, but for me to do that, it, it felt really good. So I am, I am sticking to it. And it just feels really good because it's a it's sort of a natural spring cleaning, which what it wasn't something that I was anticipating happening. I mean, I knew that giving away and cleaning out were kind of, you know, sort of go hand in hand. But what a nice timing. And I think that I'm going to do this every Lent. I, I really like the way that it's turning well, out. Well, you and know, it, it, I think that it gives you a chance to get through the whole New Year's thing. In a way, this feels to me like New Year's is supposed to feel. Kind you know, of. Well, and I have had, as, as the listeners know, I quit my one-day job that I had. And I had a, like a two-week or so period off. And this last week, I started the new day job. And so this is new beginnings. And, you know, look, there's some pressure starting a new job, wanting to prove yourself, the whole thing. But it's been really great and everybody's been really nice and all that. But it's it's okay. We're in. School's back in. New beginnings and the whole thing. And so it's it's time for that. And in the meantime, I've been back on the diet to some degree. I have been, uh, you know, doing those kinds of things. You and I have a very, very special project that we can't talk about yet on the uh, on the radio show here. You'll know soon enough. But radio we're, show? It's this is a radio show, dude. This is a <laughs> come on, let me dream. Okay. But uh, it's not just two people on a couch talking into a computer. Come on, no. But you can call it a radio show anyway. The the special project we cannot talk about yet, but it's been something that we've really thought about, and so. I don't have the luxury of having all day to think about it anymore. I read a stack of books and we've done research and we've talked to people and all kinds of stuff. But now it's like, okay, the research period is over or at least that intense part of it. And so time for new beginnings. So like I said, this feels like New Year's is supposed to feel. But don't you think that throughout the year we have these little beginnings and end just sort of naturally. I think they happen with every season. I think they're different with every season. And I think that, you know, we we sort of maneuver around them and we have different ideas about things that we bring out or freshen up in the spring. And I just think it's a natural sort of evolution of the way that we're supposed to go. It's it's a lot it's a lot like for me, like when you eat what is in season mm-hmm. during that during that period of time i'm a really big advocate for that because i think that you know before the industrial revolution and all that happened and all the processed stuff and everything else i think people were more naturally geared towards oh okay well this is what's in this is what's coming out of the gardens this is what are this is what's yeah, coming well, out it of makes the farms. a lot of sense you know so but that brings me into my fun thing this week is that i got i have been coveting one of these for so long and we finally broke down and got got a vitamix and i i did not 
To be honest, I was like really, really wanting one, but I did not believe the hype of the Vitamix. I thought, okay, <laughs> my 60 or $70 blender is going to be just fine. How good can this thing actually be? Oh, it is worth the hype. I'm like, it is so fabulous and I have just been enjoying it. The fact that you can make soup. Just from the just friction. From, of the, right, yeah, exactly. That thing is... Everyone else in the house is afraid of it because it's <laughs> loud and it's powerful. It's not that it's, loud, it's, though. It's, it's not as loud of... as a traditional blender, the one that we have underneath there um, that is now put away. It really isn't. It's not as loud as the old one. Okay. That could I... wake the dead. That one could wake the dead. It is, is... It, is, it is on the louder side, Steve but it's not. Steve Buscemi in Fargo. This is all everyone else in the house is thinking of over and over again when that thing is going on. It's a frightening device. And I'm glad that it's making smoothies and whatever. But you do know we also have Coca-Cola and chocolate chip cookies in that. No, no. The smoothies are amazing. Because you can do the whole fruit instead of just like juicing it and just getting the juice. You get the whole thing and it just is so great. I've so been enjoying it. So yeah, I am with you about sort of this being, you know, we, we were in a little bit of a you know, slow time. We've been doing a lot of reading, a lot of research for this new project. We've been kind of, and now it feels like, okay, we're going to the next step and that's the action step. And for me, it's like, all right, let's get our act together. Let's start feeling better. Let's start doing what we're supposed to do. And, and I, I do think it does. I agree with you. It feels like a, a new beginning again, but, um, yeah, new beginning or not, I'm not eating fruit. I'm sorry. You will if it's blended. Yes, you will. It will happen. Yeah, but anyway, so I love it, and so yay, and I can't say enough good things about it, and I'm, I'm, in, I'm in love, and I just keep trying to find new recipes for it. It's pretty good. So when we get to the dig-in part of the show, I wanted to talk about, well, there's, there's a passage in Scripture that I actually I refer to all the time. It gets referred to all the time, not just by me. And it's Matthew 16, 13 through 20. This is the part where you get the, upon this rock I will build my church. This is the part where the story starts, this this passage starts when, I'm paraphrasing a whole heck of a lot, but that's kind of the point. Jesus is hanging out with the disciples and he sees some people across the way and he says to the disciples, who do they say I am? And depending on your Bible translation, the point is that the disciples cite a lot of external things. Almost as if to say, well, they say you're this tall and this is the size Birkenstocks you wear. And, you know, these sort of external sorts of things. And all of those things are accurate in some way or another. But then Jesus says, yeah, but who do you say I am? Disciples don't really know what to say. And then Peter says, I say that you are the Christ, the son of the living God, or once again, it depends on your Bible translation. But the point is, Peter is the one who sees that there's something more than the superficial facts. This is the part where Jesus says, blessed are you, Peter. Flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father in heaven. In other words, good for you, Peter. You are seeing past appearances and you recognize that what's really important is something beyond. We've talked about this a lot. Everybody talks about this a lot. It's a beautiful lesson, but it's not novel. We know about this. Sure. We know that Peter is the disciple who represents faith because that's what faith does. It sees past appearances. This is a, this is a very common thing. Lots has been written and talked about that. Jesus then says, upon that rock, 
I will build my church. And I, I, we, I was talking about this the other night, and I have to say, I remember encountering this passage when I was a little kid. The image I got was that part of the beginning of The Wizard of Oz where she lands the house on the Wicked Witch of the East. Yes, and, and her legs are sticking out. And her legs and the ruby slippers and yeah. everything, yeah. So he's like, upon this rock I will build my church. And I was thinking, oh, Jesus is building a church on this guy. And of course, we just got done with, with him saying it's not about appearances. And so Jesus is saying, upon this rock of faith, upon this vision that sees beyond superficiality, I build my church on faith. This is a big deal too. And this is a lesson that gets talked about not as much as that first part, but this is important too. The idea is... Remember that a church is not a building. It's not. A church is not something that just happens on Sunday morning because God is not something that just happens on Sunday morning. Your church is your attention collection. The things that you're passionate about. Your church, your religion, is what you feel, what you're passionate about, and what you do. It's what you pay attention to. It's what your focus is. Where you put your faith. You know, I mean, it, it can, that can go it's back and cyclical, forth. Right? It, it really is. Yeah. And, and so, you know, and once again, this is something we're going to talk about another time, but it's one of the many reasons why when somebody says, I'm not religious, they don't have a leg to stand on because everybody is religious. It just happens to be that some people's religion is football or race cars. Some people's religion is, you know, the real housewives of Beverly Hills. Some people's religion is drama. Some people's religion is money. Everyone has religion because what you believe is what you do is what you are. That's the deal. Right. So here's the thing. You are always building your church by what you feel, by what you pay attention to, by where you're at, by what gets your attention, right? So every minute you're building your church. So ask yourself, is this the rock I want to build my church on? When you're when you find yourself getting worked up about something positive, negative, or in between, ask yourself: the thing that gets my attention is the thing that I'm building on. Right. In the office downstairs, we have sort of a family office, and there's a table in the middle. There's a high table with four chairs, and there's a computer monitor on the wall that any of us can plug our computers into if we want to show other people things. There's a big bookshelf in there. It's a cool place to hang out. And there's a lot of artwork that means things to us on the walls and stuff on the shelf. But the thing, one of the things that means the most to me is there's a giant blueprint of a church. And I don't know what church, I don't know where. I found the blueprint in an antique store. Well, often what they'll do is they'll pull off the corner of the address and where it is so that you don't know where it yeah, is. And, it and a lot of times when they do in antique shops, that's what that's what goes on. Yeah, there's there's some kind of rule about so it doesn't say such and such architects, right. you know. Whatever. Yeah, we don't even know the name of it or where yeah. it is or anything. No idea. I'd love to find it someday. But anyway, so I've got this giant blueprint of a church, and that means a lot to me because I'm a church person. But it reminds me when I see it, I go, okay, everything I'm doing, I'm building a church. And I spend most of my day in that little room doing whatever I'm doing. And so it's a nice reminder of, okay, pay attention. So that, okay, the first lesson is flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. That's one everybody knows. Right. Important. The second one is... People don't know quite as well, but it's upon this rock I will build my church, and that's a big deal. Here's the third part that people almost never talk about. There's three lessons here. And the third one is, I think, in some ways the most interesting. 
after Jesus says to Peter, you're the rock I'm going to build my church on, he says, and once again, it depends on your Bible translation, but the gist is, what you bind on earth will have been bound in heaven, and what you loose on earth will have been loosed in heaven. Now, I think one of the reasons that people don't talk about that much is, what does that mean? Right, I was going to say, in, in translations, it can get a lot of confusion going on about, you know, what, what he's saying and what that means. And so it's it's a lot easier just to skip over it and say, oh, it's really nice that let's talk about faith. Right, exactly. Let's yeah. skip that part. And isn't it cool yeah. that Peter and Jesus are pals now? But the thing is, just like a church is in a building, we also know that heaven is in a place in the clouds. Remember, the one and only time that Jesus gives location to heaven is when he says, the kingdom of heaven is in your midst. He never says it's up in the clouds where the Care Bears live. It's it's not a thing. And so one way that you can get, get around this and have a, a better sense of what it all means is substitute the word heaven for the word potentiality. So in other words, if earth is actual and heaven is potential, what we're saying is what you bind right now is lo- is bound in potential. What you loose right now is loosed in, p- in potential. Right. So the basic idea is, quite simply, what you hang on to right now, you're going to get more of. What you let go of, you're going to release, ultimately. This is important because... People think that they've got a lot of options, that there's all kinds of different modalities of action and stuff you can do. But the truth is, you're only ever doing two things. There's only ever two choices. It is a binary selection. You are either binding or loosing. Everything you say, do, and think, you are either binding or loosing. Ask yourself. What am I hanging on to by this course of action? And what am I letting go of? This is a big deal because there are people who think, oh, I'm beating the bad guy and I'm proving those people wrong and I'm fighting the good fight. Well, actually, in that moment, it may well be that all you're doing is binding to the bad guy, to the struggle, to the suffering. And so you always create more of it. I think a lot of people don't realize that. I think that they they don't realize that they are binding the exact opposite of what they actually want. Mm -hmm. And I think that for me, the binding and the loosing, the one or the other, is actually a much simpler way to explain like denials and affirmations and lessons in truth. And, you know, because you can get caught up in sort of the fancy words of your denials and letting go of certain things or, or get caught up in how your affirmations are phrased and what well, you... What, pop what psychology and self-help has kind of ruined the word denial Agreed, us, you know? agreed, yeah. But even, your, but even your affirmations, it's like, okay, what are you affirming? And it's like, you know, that gets caught up with a lot of, I think heavy overthinking and it's and it's it's not simplified anymore it gets it feels kind of complex and weird and am i doing it right and everything and it's just like totally agree. i love the idea that you are either bringing it in or letting it go that is bringing so it in or letting it go so i love true. that idea because when people think about affirmations a lot of times they think about Stuart smalley saying stuff into a mirror yeah, you know i'm exactly. good enough I'm and i'm smart, smart enough, enough. yeah and, and, and gosh darn it people like me and they develop these 
complicated Byzantine layers of things that they have to do in order to say their affirmations just right. Right. And in fact, once again, we talked about th- there's there's only two modes of action. There are people who go, oh, well, in order to get to the next spiritual level, as though there were spiritual levels, in order to get to the next spiritual level, you've got to do this special ritual. It's like and a you, video game. It's like yeah. I don't I don't need that. And you've I don't gotta, need that pressure in my life. There are plenty of video games downstairs <laughs> that are that are doing that. Oh, for I want right to talk now. about a video game next time but the 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 people go oh well you got to do these special things you got to burn this special incense and you got to say these words and show up in this place and wear this color and and think about various energies and no all you need to do is decide what you want to hang on to and what you want to let go of because everything you do is one or the other if you need some elaborate ritual in order to really get done with something then so be it do that with my blessing but understand that's all you yeah. You have if that's what you need to do fine. Let's be the kind of people who don't need to do that every single time you got to let go of something because it's exhausting. It is. Well, and the thing is is I've I've simplified it so much that it's like when I come up against something that I'm having a little bit of trouble deciding or or a a person that maybe you know, I'm not sure where, where to go next with them and in that relationship or whether I should bring them in or let him go, you know, exactly. And I just think, does this feel gross? Is it, is it icky? Does it feel icky? Is this what I want to bind to? Yeah. Does it feel, does it feel icky in any kind of way? Because if it does, you know, it's sort of a get the behind me sort of action. It's like, no, I don't want that in my life. Because but if it, it feels yucky now, now oh and my you gosh. bind to it, you are only going to intensify that. Exactly. And you know what happens is when you make that decision and you make it out of love and you make it so simply, it doesn't have to be this big dramatic thing. More often than not, things just fade away. It's like the challenges just go away because I haven't put some, you know, complex mojo all around it you know <laughs> well and then because you, you can miss the forest for the trees too yes. it's it's one of those things i, I want to make it clear that the act of loosing the act of letting go is still an action mm-hmm. you know and just as you described getting rid of old shoes for example that's loosing but it's also active neither one of those is particularly active or passive they are both you can have active and passive modes in binding in binding and in loosing right one way or another that's the only thing you're ever doing and it's really important to understand that there are those people who live in binding mode all the time and they are the spiritual equivalent of hoarders and there are people in the loosing mode all the time and we talked about this we were talking about this with some people over last night we were talking about this and it's like spiritual diarrhea i'm sorry for the gross image but you know everything just goes right through you and it's that's not okay either you're here to play a role in all of this if you are going to grow in this and if you're going to make the world a better place You've got to bind to some things so that you can intensify, magnify them. Your role in life is partially as a wonderful magnifying glass of this light that comes from somewhere else. You give it focus, you know? And so pay attention to what you're binding and know that you have the permission to let some things go. Well, I love just the going back to the entirety of that passage in Matthew. Mm -hmm. I love... First of all, I love things in threes. I love trinities, yeah. you know, and stuff like that. I, I I love it. You know, I like the idea is that okay. First, you got to have faith. Mm-hmm. So where's your faith? Then it's like all right, build your church. 
the stuff that you're paying attention to on that faith and then decide what your church looks like by loosing and by loosing and binding things to you. Yeah. And it's just such a beautiful way of of examining how everything works, how yeah, relationships a, work, how prosperity this works. This is it, man. This is the whole thing. If you decide not to judge by appearances, you have built a church on something. And once you're in that church, you become aware that what you hang on to intensifies and what you let go of goes away. You know, it's and then you're right back to the beginning. So remember not to judge by appearances. You know what I mean? There's this beautiful spiral, this beautiful circle in this in this process. But once again, ask yourself, by what I'm doing, am I really letting go of what hurts? Am I really encouraging, praising, binding to what I want to have more of in my world, in my life? Those are the only two modes of existence binding and loosing and it is time to be in the driver's seat about that i love that i think that that's so amazing and speaking of driver's seats i think the next time somebody sees you dancing you should just go for it because judging by appearances <laughs> is not what they should be doing anyway and then and i will start I, quoting the bible to people next to me and then they'll call the cops well so. maybe not that maybe not maybe not the street corner preacher role at this point in your life, I think that I'm maybe you, you have to career. be a little bit older and a li- little bit more like grizzly looking. I oh, think you got to grow your beard a, a little bit. Give me a week living with that you know, Vitamix in the You house. do not have the right shoes on for that. <laughs> See, we've got all it takes right now. for our listen up segment and I love this question it's a really simple question this week and who's it who's it from because I didn't write down this his is name. from Martin G okay thank you Martin and Martin G asks what's your favorite unity book what's your answer what's my answer yeah ladies okay. first and all that it's it's a toss-up but I think after I was thinking about this for the last couple of days it has to be um, a book by May Rowland. She is like my unity hero. Oh, I get it. Really, the stories about May Rowland, if you don't know them or if you want to come talk to me about May Rowland, <laughs> I will talk all day about it. But she, her book is called Dare to Believe. Yeah, and I knew you were going to say that absolutely adore that book and i i am a kindred spirit with her i know that i am she just she just gets right to the point she just doesn't even know flowery words just she's like this is what you ought to be doing and just stop whatever it is that's bad for you and just get going and get oh, to your truth no may Rowan is a hero oh, man. And she it, is it's the, the everybody knows very, the story if you're a unity person at all you probably heard the story about how the tornado was bearing down unity village and she stepped out and she said peace be still and the tornado turned yes and i've got some stories you know from my dad was in seminary when she was still teaching being being there for that and i've heard him tell some amazing stories She's a real deal. And if you would go to have uh, spiritual treatment, like counseling with her, and then get to the end of it, if you were foolish enough to say, well, can I see you again next Tuesday? 
Everybody gets one. No, everybody gets one because you are done now. Yeah, we spoke we, the word about that. We spoke the that. word about that, and we are done now. And you, you best believe that this is healed and it is done. Because if no, not, I love if you don't it. believe it, it's there's no salvific power of us just saying the same thing over and over again. You've got to believe this. Yeah, she wants happy. We it. spoke the word about that. We're done now. Yeah, exactly. You know, and, that kind of and thing. So I that, get it. And then uh, you know, when I had a little bit, you know, Myrtle Fillmore's Healing Letters is really close to my heart, and I yeah. love that book. But it's so different than Dare to Believe. It's just healing letters is all cuddly and kind of like makes you feel good it's a chicken and soup for the soul before really there was a chicken soup for the soul yeah right? and then so and then but then if you're really feeling hardcore about your truth stuff pick up dare to believe because that will that will move your butt I love it that those are your two books because those are the two sides of you that's the binding and loosing of Jenny there I you love go. that it's great. I love that too okay what are yours well a million you know I I have to Put on my preacher hat for a moment and say, of course, if you're starting in unity, you really ought to read Lessons in Truth and then Christian Healing and then Prosperity. Yeah, but we those talk are, about yeah, those yeah, all the no, time. No, I know, I know. And, and those are all beautiful, important, wonderful, in fact, life-changing books. I think, though, that there there's a few that really stand out for me as my favorites for whatever reason. One of them is a book called Talks on Truth by Charles Fillmore. And it's just a collection of his writings. It's a number of essays. But there's some stuff in there that is just so powerful, so strong. The development of divine love is the name of one of the chapters. Good stuff. There's a, there's a part about basically, I don't know the quote verbatim, but basically he's saying, look, the world has been waiting for a people who could use and prove these ideas, and we are that people. And I read that and it just blows me away every time. If there's something really powerful and you compare that that's sort of a May Rowland kind of thing you mm-hmm. compare that with people going well you know the Fillmore's didn't mean to, to do well they accidentally started a church you can't accidentally start a church it's yeah. very hard yes it's, it's ve- very yeah, hard it's very difficult um, you, oh, they just, you, you just know, don't like, fall into yeah, it yeah that's crazy but I love your sensitive new age guy my uh, voice, voice. <laughs> let's just all be together and have friends and, and sing you know yeah because I despair of that because I want to be gentle and open and accepting too. But the, at the end of the day, unity people are serious, hardworking, no-nonsense people. That is our spirit. Unity was born in the show-me state, man. You know, and so I, it's, I, I despair of the I'm so open and accepting that nobody ever knows what I'm about. You right. know, that kind of thing. Yeah. And that is not unity. So Talks on Truth is a huge book for me. It's one I go back to all the time. It's a good one. It's, a, it's great. It's a very it's good one. It's not theologically the most significant. Like Once again, if you want Charles Fillmore 101, you should read Christian Healing. But there's just something nice about it. I like that you can just pick it up and read a chapter, read an essay, and just get a little bit of good yeah, out of it. Yeah, you can kind of lucky dip that. Yeah, yeah. It, exactly. And, and I do like that book yeah. a lot, and, too. And so that one's good. Another one that I really like is a book called Working with God by mm-hmm. Gardner Hunting. And working with God is a it speaks to the unity thing of this is going to apply to real life. It's a book about work. I was going to say working with God just it says it all. Yeah. And I, the other uh, a couple years ago, I don't know why I said I was going to say the other day. A couple years ago, we went to a teen retreat at the Unity Church over in Delray Beach, Florida. And Reverend Nancy Norman is a senior minister there. She's awesome. She is a hero to She's me. She's OG. Yeah. And, and you go and they have this room in the back, and I hope it's still there. But there was a room in the back uh, and just bookshelves and bookshelves and bookshelves of old Unity books and magazines. Unity used to publish a magazine called Good Business. 
for example. Just like live this life, right. you know. And so that room, I have the reaction to that that like Nicolas Cage has in the National Treasure movie where there's all <laughs> that gold. That's gold to me. But anyway, the book is called Working with God and it's funny. The the language is very archaic. It was written like sort of a Dale Carnegie level, sort of a here's how to be a good salesman, kind of here's how to do the thing. But it's just so sweet. There's a sweetness to the to the language, and it's just it's a nice book about you know what this is real. Mm-hmm. And I love that because we kind of invented that idea that it's supposed to make you good at regular life, not just Sunday morning stuff, you know. But the third book I want to bring out is a book called The Game of Life and How to Play It by Florence Scovel Shin. And I have to mention it because that is the first truth book that I read on my own terms. You know what I mean? I was it's like, okay, I'm nobody's going to read this to me. There was no class to take. I was just going to read it and figure it out myself. And I've talked about the significance of life is a game and that means you can win, you know, all of that. I've talked about it before, but it's a beautiful book. Everybody should read it. But so so yours are Murderful More Ceiling Letters and Dare to Believe by Mae Rowland. Mm-hmm. And mine are Talks on Truth by Charles Fillmore, Working with God by Gardner Hunting, and The Game of Life and How to Play It by Florence Govelshin. That's a pretty good little it's Unity a, 101. Yeah, kind yeah. Of a where thing. it's not like so just basic unity textbooks right. you know it's but, like it's a, it's a little bit more insight into the feeling of it that's you know that's the thing because i have to tell you that while i still when i read lessons in truth christian healing prosperity the big three mm-hmm. i still have those moments where i get goosebumps where i i have to put the book down and you know, just think about how awesome it still inspires me but there's something really special and moving about the books that we've just gotten done talking about. Any of them can see you through a rainy day or an identity crisis. Mm-hmm. Any of them will help you get to the next level. So those five books, yeah, really good stuff. I think that all of them are still in print. Working with God may not be. I was going to say you might have to, but Amazon, you might Amazon's be able to find good, it on I there somewhere. I got a little plug for our, our hometown here, St. Petersburg, Florida, the funnest city on the face of the earth. There is a bookstore downtown called Haslam's. Haslam's. Haslam's bookstore has a tremendous used book section. And because there's been a Unity presence here in St. Petersburg for a million years, there's always Unity books back there in the used book section. I found some great stuff back there. By the way, I want to point out that we live in St. Petersburg, Florida. In other words, our city is devoted to Peter, the disciple who represents faith. One of the many reasons why this is the only place that anybody should ever want to live. check it out and that part of our podcast is just talking about what we're doing where you can find us and how you can contact us basically so let's let's just go through real quick what our calendar looks like you can find more details whenever we mention a venue you can go to the website of that venue and of course you can go to unitysociety.com slash events for more details in google maps and usually websites and all of that kind of stuff so we'll burn through this pretty fast um, on uh, March 19th. That's a week from today. We're going to be in Gainesville. And I'm really looking forward to that one. I really am. And then April 2nd, we're at uh, Unity of Sebring, another great facility. Yeah. And then um, April 7th through the 9th, that's our spring gathering. And that is our retreat that's aimed at teens and young adults. But everyone is welcome. And you can find out more about that by going to events.iamunity.org. I think at this point you have probably about 10 or 11 days to register without the cutoff being there. So if you're interested and you're hearing this and you're interested to know what is happening there, just 
head on over to events.imunity.org and contact us through the website i we email back, you know. Exactly, exactly. So if you have any questions about it, just let us know. We'd be happy for you to be there. I'm excited about Easter. Easter happens April 16th this year. And you and I and Raina and Miles are all going to be doing the sunrise service at Stroud Park. That's in downtown That's in St. Downtown Petersburg, St. Florida, Petersburg. The finest city on the face of the earth. <laughs> um, I believe it starts at 7 a.m. Yes, the Easter sunrise service at Stroud Park. 7 a.m. Those are the details, but you can find it at firstunity.org. You can find it at events. Uh, I'm sorry. You can find it at unitysociety.com slash events. Um, it's going to be great because later in the day, First Unity is doing two, you know, quote unquote normal services. Uh, things are as awesome at First Unity. There's hardly ever a normal service. They're all pretty great. But I'm excited because this is going to be a different kind of a feel because we're outside in the park watching the sun come up and I love working with the three of you. It's going to be like a family Von Trapp kind of a situation. So it just, I'm excited too. I'm Even though it's going to be early in the morning. Yeah, it will be, but I'm really looking forward to it and then we can come home and eat and nap and it'll be great. And there's something really special to me about sunrise services and there's something just really sweet about being outside and being in nature and having that and really feeling it and and so I have always preferred sunrise services I mean you can't do it if you have little kids you know when the kids were little it was like oh there's no way we're getting out there at, at sunrise but but now that the kids are older in the last couple of years that has been a joy of mine I have really really loved that and there's nothing wrong with the traditional you know, oh, there's incredible that happens beauty that later too. later on. But for me, it just it hits me right in the soul, yeah. and I just and it's, you it's know that's, that's my yeah. church. It's it's church oh, I get for it. me. I get it, and it's especially meaningful because, as our listeners know, we walk uh, through downtown St. Pete, the finest city in the face of the earth, all you know, almost every morning to watch the sunrise. And if you know about St. Petersburg, the waterfront path connects a number of parks it's really pretty cool it's just a gorgeous city um but anyway one of the parks that we walk through almost every morning we walk through it this morning in fact one of the parks that we're going to walk through is the park where we we will be doing the easter service so that's kind of like our park because as you know on those walks we've written our book we've made some life decisions we've bound and loosed all kinds of stuff and so it's really powerful on so many levels and i'm excited to share that little world with a larger group of people so if you're anywhere near st petersburg come out for the sunrise service i bet you'll still have time to go to some other church service too if if you want to do that so it's it's going to be great I'm yeah excited. i'm looking forward to it and then april 23rd we're going to be at unity of sarasota so that's the that's the week following easter and as always you can find us on facebook on instagram on twitter we're all over social media and it's always at the unity society just look us up you'll find yeah. it. my personal instagram is at jenny a randolph and mine is Dieter underscore Randolph. But the easiest way is go to unitysociety.com and there's links to all of the Instagram stuff, all of the Facebook stuff and all of that. And it's it's uh, right there for you. And we would love to connect with you and, and know what's on your mind. So, uh, Dieter. What, Jenny? Let's um wrap it up. <laughs> I can't. I can't. <laughs> anyway, um, 
life is not a matter of what happens on the outside. Life is not a matter of the facts. The facts are happening. They're important. We've talked about all of this. But, you know, there's two parts of your life. There's water and there's stone, you know? And you can get caught up in the things that change all the time. You can even try to freeze that, but it doesn't last. Sooner or later, you get down to what doesn't change. We praise all of it, the water and the stone, but you get to what's really important, the things that don't change. And when you see past appearances, and you'll know, you'll know when you find the things that is that are just true, that are just real, that are just beautiful, you'll know. And you already know. Stick to those things. Make your judgments based on those things. Flesh and blood hasn't revealed those to you. But something on the inside. That's what it means to live by faith. To walk by faith and not by sight, as Paul says. That's when you really start building your church consciously. You're always building it. But building it consciously is a really big deal. That's what makes you a disciple, you know. Find what moves your heart on that level. Live from that place and understand that no matter what else you're doing, the only thing you're doing is holding on or letting go. And just like the gambler said, you got to know when to hold them and know when to fold them. That's all you're ever doing. And I promise the more you practice doing that consciously, in peace and on purpose, as we say, the easier life gets. This podcast is recorded at Pinfeather Studios. And our amazing sound engineer and one half of the music you hear is the handsome and strong Raina Randolph. The other half is the other half of the music is the lovely and talented and uh, gifted uh, parking valet as well, uh, Miles Randolph. This podcast is solely supported by you. And what that means is we are absolutely 100% dependent on you spreading the word about this. Go tell somebody right now. Don't even finish listening to the podcast. Send an email to somebody. If you go to unitysociety.com slash podcast, your browser has a thing where you can email the page to somebody. Create a Facebook link. Like us on Facebook. Spread the word in whatever way. But the, the most important thing you can do to help support us is go to wherever you listen to this podcast. It's probably iTunes, but it could be Google Play or SoundCloud or Stitcher or TuneIn or whatever podcatcher you're using. Go to that place and write us an amazing review. I'm asking for five stars because something magic happens when you hit that five-star thing. The magic elves that make iTunes and whatever work start to promote our podcast. And I just want to give a really big thank you to the people that have done that. You really have made a difference. So thank you for everybody that has done that. It is making a difference. Our listeners are are going up every single yeah, week. We so look at thank the you, thank you, thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. And thank you for letting us know what's going on. Just, just as we said, when we do our Listen Up segment where people can send in questions, send us your questions. You can find us on social media. UnitySociety.com slash contact has got a great contact form. You can just email info at Unity Society. We want to know what you want to know. Thank you so much for listening. Have a beautiful, fabulous, wonderful week.